Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show here on Legends 810 with your Garden Wise guys. I'm one of them, Jim Borland. The other one who's sitting much further away from me today is Keith Funk. Why is that? Do I, I smell? I, I don't. Did you shower this morning? I, last, last night. Oh, that's close enough, yeah. usually. Did you have onions for breakfast? <laughs> no. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast yet. Hey, we're going to do a garden show here this morning. The way this operates is that you, the public... Yeah, that's you out there. I uh, have to come up with a garden question. I know you got them. You don't have all your questions answered. So come here and get them answered. And you do that by picking up your dialing device, whatever that might be, and punch in these numbers, 303-477-2473. And that'll get you right here into the studio. 12, 12, I say, stories tall. You went to fly all the way up well, here, we, too. My we, arms are tired. We graduated from our last place. It was only 11 stories. It was, yes. Now we're 12. We're, yeah, we're moving up. <laughs> moving on up. <laughs> I never did like that show. <clears throat> that was just, it was too far out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, what's happening in your garden besides? Oh, you, you posted a bunch of things on Facebook. Actually, on your site. You can make it to Facebook. Did I not put it on our site? No, you didn't. I thought I did. No? no? Okay. Well, I, anyway, I, I spent the week doing something <laughs> I wasn't sure that I could physically do. And I'm very proud. <laughs> that at your age. <laughs> that at my age, I was able to do it. <laughs> and that is, I built a 5-foot um, a by 16-foot raised bed out of 4-inch by 6-inch by 8-foot timbers and planted three fruit trees, semi-dwarf fruit trees, and I am growing them as espalier. Espalier. <clears throat> in other words, in a flat plane on a trellis, basically, on, yeah. a, on a structure where the branches are rigidly tied and, and very disciplined. Yeah, those, those trees ain't going nowhere. That's right. <laughs> and I can reach all the fruit <clears throat> by standing on the ground. Yeah, that, that's not bad. That's yes. not bad. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking positively here, like saying, I'm going to be harvesting fruit. <laughs> By the bushels here in a year yeah, or two. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah, right. so. Oh, what kind of trees? Well, I, I have an apple that is um, trained into three levels, and each level is a different variety. Oh, okay. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got a pear that I'm training as a fan. And it has four varieties, so it's got four main branches in mm -hmm, the fan. Mm -hmm. And then I've got a plum, uh, a Mount Royal purple Italian plum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I'm training as a as a three tiered, probably four tiered, um, espalier. Uh, but I'm going to graft. I'm going to do this myself. Uh oh, <laughs> with my fingers <laughs> crossed, standing on one foot with one eye closed. Uh, I'm going to graft some other varieties onto it. See how that works. Uh, <clears throat> like what? Bananas? <laughs> Popeyes? Apricot. 
I could probably, I, I could yeah, probably, probably do, do apricot and peach yeah. or nectarine. No, I, I'm going to use some other <coughs> varieties of plums because I only want to work with fruit trees at my age that I actually might get some fruit off of. So I, you know, plums are pretty reliable. Yeah, they are. They they and they and they fruit pretty pretty quickly from yeah <clears throat> from planting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that uh, the plum tree I planted is already of fruit bearing <clears throat> age. So I, I expect to get one or two plums next year. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it sounds like all three of those are Japanese beetle foods. <laughs> the um, the apple definitely. Yeah. The Japanese beetles, yeah, they did do a little damage to the plum, but they didn't touch the pear for some reason. Maybe it wasn't well, they have a juicy choice. enough. They have a choice, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're going to take the best. Anyway, I got, the, I got that done this week, and um, <coughs> while it took twice as long as I thought it should, my 25-year-old self... Mm-hmm. Said, oh, this should only take a couple of mornings. Yeah. <laughs> My 66-year-old <clears throat> self said, you're an idiot. <laughs> and you also posted something else. I don't think I've ever seen it in anybody's garden anywhere. Heard about it, read about it, seen the pictures. It's a squill. You know what? I got that, um, I got that from Paniote years ago. I mean, I'm talking 15, 20 years yeah. ago. <clears throat> and uh, I will collect seed if you'd like some. I don't know how how xeric uh, it is or drought tolerant. No, it probably is. not. No, I'll just go over, and dig it up. And, I don't and, even know what the real name is, and 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 take a separation of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll take a division. There. Okay, we go. all <clears> right. That's a lot faster. It is. Yeah, and I have to go back to Paniote and ask <coughs> what the actual name is because I've long since lost the label. Anyway, it's a squill, <laughs> which is typically thought of as a spring flowering yes. mm-hmm. bulb, mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a fall blooming squill in full bloom right now and with leaves well, well yeah well a lot of fall blooming things don't produce yeah, leaves I, yeah, like in the, the fall like the culture comes a uh, fall crocus uh-huh um but this produces leaves that are evergreen through the winter yeah yeah and well into spring and then the whole thing disappears but speaking of what you know the millennium allium yes uh, onion uh, the ornamental mm-hmm. onion made a big big splash across the country um, now there's a new one, hmm. which is a sport from Millennium. A sport? Yes. Sport. <laughs> Apparently it has even more blooms. Well, now, good, because I'm not impressed with the longevity of the flowers of uh, Millennium. Yeah, it, it, and the foliage is not green. It's blue. Ooh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So i got to get one of those. I don't remember the name of it. <clears throat> I'm sure if you ask Mr. Google, he'll tell you. Okay. I'll have to look for that. Yeah, I've got to I've got to go deadhead uh, millenniums because I don't want them reseeding everywhere. They will, and they will because they look like they kind of look like garlic chives only yeah. purple, but purple instead yeah. of white. Yeah, and garlic chives is a friggin' weed. <laughs> Tell me about it. Holy cow! <laughs> Never plant that unless you unless you're very good about deadheading it because that every single seed germinates at least three yeah, times. Yeah, at least. <laughs> At least three times. And and Roundup barely touches Oh, it. no. Uh-uh. No, you've <laughs> got to dig it. You have to dig it. Yeah. And boy, does it one not want to come out of the ground. Those, yeah, roots, are, those roots are tough. I know. that For a bulb kind of a plant, it <clears throat> those, are, those are tough roots. Mm-hmm. Usually bulb plants are pretty easy to dig up. Yeah. yeah but not this so. one. 
Hey, guess what? Hello. You know what's going on at Nick's this week, I, this month? I, they're getting pumpkins in. Lots of things. Number one, of course, they're roasting their chilies like they always yeah, do. I think yeah. they have five roasters going. And many, many varieties of chilies. Yeah, I think there were 14 or 15 different varieties wow. of, pum- of pumpkins, of, of peppers to choose from. And, and then you can... You can mix and match and yeah, make your yeah. own little blend uh-huh. and then have them roast it for you right there in front of your face. Yeah, and you can smell it all. Oh, my gosh. It smells yeah. so good. So that's going on. And let's see. what. Oh, the cafe, uh-huh. oh, yeah, which that's I've open. missed all <coughs> summer yeah, long, yeah. opens today. It's the first day it's open, So, and that's good food. Uh, so that's at Nick's. And then the big news <coughs> is... All the trees and shrubs and perennials and ornamental grasses and roses and vines, pretty much everything outside, I guess, mm-hmm. except for the chrysanthemums, yeah, the, the fall special things. All the annuals, that they still have some annuals left. All the houseplants. Oh, really? Houseplants. All the houseplants, 40% <coughs> off. That's like buy one, get one for almost half price. They have an amazing selection of houseplants. The, the inside of the store is, you know, is the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole thing was filled with annuals. Well, now it's completely filled with, a, with uh, houseplants. All different kinds of cool. things. Really weird, unusual <laughs> things. Some allocations and calocations of different varieties. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and I've never seen so many different varieties of Sansevieria. They have the whale sansevieria. They typically do have the whale fin, yes. Um, But man, I mean, all kinds of stuff, and it's gorgeous, and it's forty percent off. I mean, it's brand new. They just brought it in, and they're putting it forty percent off. Yeah, that's. I don't get it. That's like giving it away. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, at cost. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, people should go out and see that whale fins. we used to call those mother-in-law tongues. We probably can't do that anymore. Or snake plant. Or snake plant. Is yeah. name for it. This one has a wide leaf. It's got to be like four inches wide. Oh, no. Flat. More like eight or ten inches really? wide. Really? Some of the big ones. And they're easy to grow. It looks like a killer whale dorsal yeah. fin that's yeah. sticking up out of the water. Or a tail fin. Or a tail fin. Yeah. Yeah. Any of those. But yeah, no, th- there's a bunch of stuff going on at Nick's. So 40% off on all their nursery stuff. And houseplants, they're roasting chilies like madmen. Oh, and they have those wonderful handmade frozen pies. Oh, I swear to goodness, those are the best things ever. Then they have like 10 different flavors to choose from. These, mm-hmm. these are delicious. Oh, and then, the, of course, the, the produce market is still open. Mm-hmm. Lots, of, lots of produce yeah, to yeah. choose from. And they have this, this uh, melon. It looks like a cantaloupe, but it's golden color it's called a dove melon it's Mm. from rocky ford Mm -hmm. and it's really a unique flavor it's like a cross between a cantaloupe and a strawberry or a pineapple or something it's really flavorful cool Cool. so that's i'd never seen one before and i grabbed a couple of those the other day so so there you go that's what's going on at nick's and that's out at um on chambers um (laughs) oh god 2001 2000, thank you. 2001 South Chambers, right between Iliff and Mississippi. Closer yeah. to Iliff than yeah. Mississippi. <coughs> yeah, just take Evans out. It turns into Iliff, and Iliff will then junction with. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get to from yeah. 225 as well. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So. E- even from the studio. 
Mm-hmm. We could almost walk there. Well, that's where I'm going right after this. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a long I work walk, there the weekends. So, yeah, if you want to come and see me and ask some questions, if you have any questions for me, come out to the come out to Nick's today and tomorrow. I'll be there. I, I might I might just stop out. Hmm. You have some <coughs> questions for me? No. You know who does? Doris out in Centennial. I think we should go out and talk with she Doris. Has, she has a clematis question that she's just dying to ask us. All Good morning, right. Doris. Good morning, Keith and Jim. How are you today? Dandy, what's going on with you today? Well, I have clematis that are just overrunning everything. I have five different clumps. Some are the little white stars, and some are the big white and purple kinds. Mm -hmm. But they just are getting so huge and taking over so much, and I don't know how to control it. When should I be cutting them down? Are are any of them blooming right now? No, the blooms are pretty much gone. There are a couple white stars yet. Yeah, I'm wondering about the white star one. Yeah. <clears throat> some of those are late summer, fall blooming. They just seem to go on forever. Yeah. Well, the time to, the time to cut them is in the early, early, early spring or late winter before they start growing. So okay. February, mm-hmm. early March. So and you can cut them down to a foot, 18 inches tall. Okay. Now, they, they are so heavy... I can hardly get my arms around them, mm-hmm. and because I try to tie them up because they keep falling off the trellis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Next, next, uh, next time period when, like he said, late winter, very early spring, measure up eighteen inches off the ground, and cut them right there, and then you can start pulling all the stuff above that out. Okay. You may need to, to cut. Uh, every foot up just so you can untangle that mess yeah and you know i try to do it with my hand clippers but then i feel like just taking my great big loppers and see if i can get through that yeah well you can do that in in february march just use your loppers and cut them off about 16 18 inches tall and uh, and then remove all of that upper growth completely and now you'll be amazed how much uh, flowering you get next summer. Oh, I get so much already, and then it overflows my fences, and it's going into the green belt in the back. Well, well we see, can't I, have that. A ton of people are just listening right now, very jealous of you, Doris. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. But any, okay, I'll try that. So the same time I'm going to cut my lilacs and my mock orange down. No. Should, oh. Well, if you cut your lilacs and mock orange that early in the year, you're going to be cutting all the flowers off before they have a chance to bloom. Well, now, I thought you had told me a couple weeks ago I should take them down. Well, if you, if you are going to do you know, some really uh, radical pruning, like a rejuvenation pruning where you cut yeah. everything to the ground, that would, you're right, that would be the time okay. to do it. But if you're, if you're just going to prune them for a shape, then wait until after they flower. No, it's because, you know, a couple of years ago they were so damaged. Uh-huh. And they just look very like skeletons. <clears throat> so I thought I should really get rid of it and start all over again. Yeah, there's a good know. chance the loppers won't even be big enough to take down your well, lilacs. I'll have to see if I can get somebody with a saw. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, then you cleared <clears throat> that up, too. Yes. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. And I do appreciate your being on the 
radio again. I surely missed you when 1430 went off. Well, I'm glad you found us, and thank you for being yeah. such a loyal listener. Okay, well, do have a wonderful day, right, and you enjoy t- the rest of the summer. You too, Doris. Thank you. Bye-bye. <clears throat> I was, I was going to say, yeah, what rest of the summer we have left. And here yesterday we broke a temper- temperature record and may do it again today. And last year we broke a low temperature record <coughs> on the same day, on the 9th. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to Colorado. Uh-huh. Rocky Mountain horticulture is different. Yeah, to say the least. Hey, I want a little correction of what I uh, mentioned last week. Uh, I had some information that was really quite old. Uh, and I just happened to remember it in my head, <clears throat> but now I'm going to have to change it. Not a whole lot. Uh, I was looking at historical ET, evapotranspiration, essentially how much water uh, is evaporated in our climate here. The real number is, uh, and this was and this was determined by the uh, Denver Water at their admin building, <clears throat> which is down in the valley uh, yeah, along I-25 and 6th Avenue approximately. Um, 46.8 inches of moisture lost a year just due to evaporation. Okay. And we get 12 to 15 inches from the sky, average. Last year we got 8 inches. So that means if you're going to be growing conventional plants, you know, trees and shrubs and and bluegrass, you're going to need to make up uh, the difference between 12 to 15 average to, let's just call it 47 inches. I haven't done the math on that yet, but that's how much water you have to add. 47 Minus 12? Yeah, go ahead. 35 inches. <coughs> 35 that, yeah. inches that, that's needs about to be right. made up. Yep. To grow what we're growing here. Yeah, what most people are growing. Yes. Now, if you were on the eastern plains and you had nothing but native plants, you wouldn't have to worry about it. No. But nobody does that here, except mm. you maybe somebody sitting beside me in his yeah. front yard. Yeah, I, got a fr- I have watered in 20, 23, 24 years now. And I have a, my front yard, it's filled with plants. It's got trees and shrubs and perennials and, and grasses and, and an old boy and lions and tigers. It looks great, too. So uh, it, it can be done. It's just a matter of which plants you decide to grow. How many of those plants in your front yard did you buy at a garden center? I what, per, what percentage? Maybe 1%? <laughs> yeah, okay, percentage-wise, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll buy 1%, yeah. The rest of it, you started from seed. Yeah, or uh, uh, we're talking thousands of plants, people. Yes. Mm-hmm. You've started from seed. You've bought at yeah. the at the rock garden sales at the at yeah, BG. Yeah, uh, yeah. You've gotten from friends <coughs> and so forth. Things that just really aren't typically readily available on the no, market. I would say the large percentage of what's in the front yard is is, is not available. Some of the bigger things uh, have been around for a long time. Yeah. Things like curl-leaf mountain mahogany. Mm-hmm. That's been around a long time. Apache plume. Apache plume's been around a, a long three-leaf time. three-leaf sumac. Three-leaf sumac and uh, fern bush. Yeah. Those have been around a long time. And then you've got some Arizona cypress. How are they doing, yeah. by the way? Uh, they're doing well, except one. I know uh, you had some problems. The biggest one, yeah. I had them. a problem with it. Uh, <clears throat> and I think it was that October freeze in 2019 that did a job on on that particular plant. And all the rest of them were just fine. Good. And that's, that's 
becoming much more available at the retail level yeah. at garden yeah. centers yeah. The, as Arizona <coughs> Cypress and, and uh, for a couple of varieties that you see around. They always look like scrawny, sparse-looking plants yeah. when they're young. So don't let that be off-putting to you because yeah. you you're buying potential. Yeah, you can correct that. I, I don't know of anybody that's, that's selling them that does any kind of pruning on in the nursery. Well, they have such a gorgeous natural form well, to they, begin with. You do. start whacking on them, then they, they just look like juniper. <coughs> and, <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> they look like junipers anyway. <laughs> well, on. they do in a way. Um, they don't smell <coughs> like a juniper. No, they, they don't. don't feel like a juniper. No, they're relatively soft. They're not prickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they come um, blue and green forms. And mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting plant that can get along here <coughs> with virtually no supplemental water once it's established. Yeah, yeah, but you don't, you don't even water after you <coughs> plant I mean, you plant them and you water them and you walk away. I don't even water when I plant them. You don't? No. You're just cruel. I know. <laughs> I don't water anything when I plant it. Man, I'm glad I'm not growing in your yard. <laughs> no, I'm not recommending that to everybody to go to the garden center and pick up a five-gallon plant and plant it and don't water it. That's, that, that's not what I'm, what I'm saying. <clears throat> Those planted plants have to be watered yes. to get them established. And you may have to water them all summer long. For a couple of years. Yeah. And through the winter. So, but Yeah, you, you don't even put any compost or anything no, in there's No, there's no compost. There's no mulch. There's no fertilizer. There's, you know, just use whatever, whatever God gave, gave me in my front yard. Mm-hmm. And you can get away with that, but it depends on what kind of plants you put in. You'd be astonished when you see this yard. You've got a big corner lot there, so yeah, big corner lot, quite a a large area. It's about it's uh, approximately five thousand square feet. Now the backyard is completely different. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's more conventional. Yeah, but even at that, I don't know many people are growing pawpaw. No, I am. It looked it looked really good in the picture this year. It looked really good. This year was a great year for them, and they bloomed like crazy, but no fruit. Stupid thing. I know. Why didn't it have fruit? I don't know. Uh, it didn't seem you're, like we you're had You're supposed any. to know. You're the uh, wise guy. I, I don't know that we had any severe frost when they were in flower. Do you have a cross-pollinator, or do you need one? I don't, but it has fruited before without cross-pollinating. Yeah. <clears throat> I planted them with cross-pollination in mind, but Mother Nature had other ideas. Yeah, doesn't she always? <clears throat> and decided to hail like crazy. Yeah. And... and Killed both of my cultivars, so one, only one of them came back from the roots, and that's what it's turned into a tree. All right, we are a little late for a break, so let's take one now. And uh, before I do that, let me give you the phone number here: three zero three four seven seven twenty four seventy three. Right here on Legends eight ten. What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend autumn evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But can your grass take that kind of pounding? Or will it quickly turn to dirt and mud and weeds? You need a lawn that's been engineered to withstand lots of traffic. 
traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own turf mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in our sun or moving shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick turf, perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought resistant. Look for Colorado's own turf mix at these and other fine garden centers. Tagawa Gardens, Jared's Nursery, Wilmore Nursery, City Floral Garden Center. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 930 to 1030 on Legends. All right, we are back. We're taking your garden questions. We don't have any on the board right now. <clears throat> We're going to have to make them up. Uh, Sean, can you come up with a garden question and, and call it in, please? <laughs> Sean's our board op here. About snapping dragons. Yeah, snapping dragons. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, my neighbor still has them blooming like crazy. You know, they've been blooming all by themselves for years now. Out in his uh, rock mulch. In his rock mulch. Yeah, they just... And and there's ground cover underneath of that, by the way. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. But, Some are going, but oh, okay. they're still alive. All right. Well, I have a, a perennial sunflower, helianthus. Yeah, helianthus. Yeah, yeah, tuberosa? It's that lemon queen. Oh, lemon queen. Which yes. is a, yeah, that's part of it's tuberosa. It's a hybrid, yeah. yeah. And that, that silly <clears throat> thing took off. Yeah. I mean, it took off. It claimed a whole section of my perennial bed. And when I went in there this spring to rogue it out, I probably s- took out 75% of it. Yep. It was growing on top of the black plastic mm-hmm. in the gravel. <clears throat> uh-huh. It didn't care. It still got eight feet tall. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's a perennial that wants to live, let me tell oh, you. I tell you. And, and great cut flower. Most people don't yes, know that. Yes, it is. It's a super cut flower. Mm-hmm. It lasts for weeks in a, in yeah. a vase. And it just started blooming. Two or three weeks ago, yeah, and it will bloom until frost now, yep. which is really nice because this time of year, um, you know, a lot of the other stuff is already done, yep. and it's a really welcome addition <coughs> to uh, to the perennial bed. It's called Lemon Queen, and it's a perennial sunflower. Um, I highly recommend it if you want something really tall for the back of the border. And very vigorous. Yeah, it's quite vigorous. Also, you will be sharing it with friends. You, you might also <laughs> want to try try Helianthus maximilium, maximilianii. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, there's a bunch of hybrids out there with that one as well. Uh, and they and they're late blooming, which is kind of nice mm-hmm. this time of year to have things blooming in the garden. And a couple of things haven't even started blooming yet. Looking at my front yard. Yeah, <clears throat> I have a bunch of rabbit brush out there. Then no flowers. No yet. yellow on them whatsoever yet. Wow, that is late. Yeah, I'm still watching for my colchicums <coughs> and and uh, fall crocus to start blooming. Nothing yep. yet, but uh, my my but fall squill is blooming, which yeah. I really like. Yeah, I got a couple colchicums that are starting to bloom. Okay. What else is going Next on? Next year oh. you sh- you should have a couple hundred. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Sedums. <coughs> Sedums yeah. are fantastic this time of year. I think they bloom at Christmas, too. 
And then there's that uh, goldenrod. There's there's, there's Golden a lot rods. of goldenrods. Yeah. Yeah. But the one that I have in my yard that I am just in love with for <laughs> fall is one called Fireworks. Fireworks. It is incredible. And it looks like fireworks. Yeah. When it, just these big sprays of yellow. Yeah. And don't be worried about them causing allergies. Uh, goldenrod has taken a bad rap over It has, years. yeah. The pollen on that is clumpy and heavy it doesn't float in the air no it doesn't float in the air so you'd have to go rub the flowers in your nose and maybe yeah and inhale inhale at the same time <laughs> same time yes and, and so, the thinking is that they got a bad rap because there are other plants out blooming at the same time that are aller- allergenic yes like ragweed and ambrosia ambrosia yes yeah and grasses this is what's killing me this time of year is grasses <coughs> All the ornamental grasses and the wild grasses yeah. and that sort of thing are in full bloom right now. And that pollen does float. It does. In the wind. On purpose. On purpose, yeah. yeah. And it just kills me. It is the worst. Fall is the worst for me. So let's see. What, oh, I was going to tell everybody that um, we are in September now. Winter is coming. So start preparing those plants that you've put out for the summer. Mm-hmm. That you're going to bring in this fall, you need to start preparing them for that. And how now, would what, one what does that mean, doing right? Doing that, yes. Well, I'm sure yours, like mine, <clears throat> pick up little hitchhikers yep. during the summer. Things that blow in the wind. Things like spider mites and aphids, uh, whitefly, or things that crawl like roly polies and centipedes. Ew. I know, right? And spiders. And spiders. You're going to bring those in the house? <coughs> yeah. And white flies. If you wait till the last minute and you decide, oh, it's going to freeze tonight, I better bring that stuff in. Yeah. Guess what you're going to bring in you're with gonna them? You're going to bring all the guests as well. Exactly. So now is the time to start cleaning them up. There are certain plants that, like my plumeria, uh, I know will bring <coughs> spider mites in the house. Yep. I know it will. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I cut every leaf off of it (laughs) i take every single leaf off of that plant before i bring it in the house the day before or whatever and and i still spray the remaining stems good idea with well i have some kelthane which Mm -hmm. you can no longer buy yeah but i found that one of the best all-around multi-purpose sprays that i would not be without right now is made by bayer of all people and it's called their three-in-one mm-hmm. spray. And it's, <coughs> it, it actually has a miticide in it, yeah. which is unheard of in this yeah. day and age. All yeah. the miticides have been ripped from the market, ripped from their mother's arms, <laughs> <laughs> and taken away. Yeah. But Bayer actually has one. And the reason that's so important is because mites are not an insect. They're no. a spider. They are in the arachnid family. They have a different body chemistry than the six-legged insects that we're familiar with. Well, they are called spider mites, don't you know? <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. So normal insect sprays will say that they control spider mites, but not eliminate them. No. And what you end up doing is if you're using just a regular insecticide, you're killing the weak ones yep. and leaving behind the strong ones. And you develop this super race of mites that are resistant to everything. So if, you're gonna, if you've got mites, you need to use a miticide. And there aren't very many around no, that you can buy over the counter. <clears throat> you will see mites on, <clears throat> on most of the labels of 
insecticides that are still left. Yeah. But they're <clears throat> not as effective as the old stuff that used to be around. And none of them kill the eggs. <clears throat> none of them. Even the, my, the actual yeah. miticides. None of them kill the eggs. So you can kill the adults, but you still have those eggs hanging around. And they're going to hatch out in a few days and start the whole cycle over again. So more than one application yeah, is required. It's sort of like chickens. You can kill the chickens pretty easily, but the <laughs> eggs are still there. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, mites don't have to incubate their eggs. No, that's true. They just do it all on their own. And aphids give birth to live young. There's no eggs involved. No. So that's another one. So, uh, so, that's, so this Bayer 3-in-1, you can buy at any garden center. You can buy it at a box store, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, probably. But um, I buy the concentrate, not the ready-to-use. It's mixed up at a really low concentration, yeah. and you're buying you know, 99.9% water in a trigger sprayer. And I have plenty of water at home. Yep. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I buy the concentrate, and I mix it up myself according to label directions. Because mm-hmm. if you mix it up too strong, <coughs> you can cause some... Foliage burn or flowers will burn if you mix it up too strong. So be careful about that. And make sure you spray the underside of the leaf as well as the top side and the main stems because some of those bugs hide along the stems as well. They do. And I started taking cuttings um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, of things that I want to carry through to next year. Like what, you might say. Yeah, well, like what might he say? (laughs) Coleus. There are several varieties of coleus that I have had for an, a number of years now that I really, really like and mm-hmm. can't always find in the spring. Yeah. And so I'll bring those in, and, and I'll mix up a little bit of that bayer in a, in a tub, a, a shallow tub, and as I prepare the cuttings, I swish them swish in there. I swish them in there and get them really wet. Yep. And, of course, you probably want to wear some disposable gloves while you're doing that, but uh, some of us don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Wimp. <laughs> I know, right? But most people will want to wear disposable gloves. Yeah. And uh, and so I swish them around in that and stick them in the pots and yep. away you go. And that way they're at least got uh, the first application of some kind of preventative on them because mm-hmm. coleus will bring stuff in too. Yeah, they will. They bring in mites. They bring in whitefly. And whitefly. Yeah. That's so the one I hate. I hate the whitefly. Yeah. That is a tough one to get rid of. And the, the systemic granules that are on the market are all imidacloprid now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so imidacloprid mm-hmm. is a great systemic. You can apply it to the soil or you can buy imidacloprid as a liquid. And there's a number of different sprays out there that, that uh, you can spray on the foliage and it's absorbed into the leaves and carried throughout yep. the sap stream. But the granules are, are imidacloprid. They used to be disiston. Mm-hmm. Dicyston was a great systemic, and it took care of spider mites. Imidacloprid does not touch spider mites. Mm-hmm. Does nothing for spider mites. So you have to know these things before you start spraying. And if you stuff. don't know, give us a call That's at right. 303-477-2473. We will put you in the know, and then you will know. Are you still harvesting out of your garden? I am. What are you harvesting? I am uh, carrots. Mm. <coughs> carrots and... Uh, <coughs> Tomatoes? Oh, God. <laughs> we grew only one plant, and it's a... Sweet 100, I think, is the one we got. Okay. And it has thousands of tomatoes. Oh, wow. And, and I exaggerate not. <laughs> you can't pick them fast no, enough, can you? I can't. 
You're going to have uh, volunteers coming up next year, aren't you? Yeah, probably. And also um, <clears throat> the root crop, which is... Name me some root crops. Beets? <laughs> turnips? I got Rutabagas? <clears throat> nope. Keep going. <laughs> Potatoes? <clears throat> no, they're still... You're leaving one out. And I can't remember the name. Parsnips? There we go. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. I Nobody grows parsnips. I do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This year, they won't be quite as big as in the past. In the past, they were like... <laughs> they were like baseball bats in the ground. <laughs> God, they got big. Whew. They're good roasted. I don't like them yeah. anything, any other way, but roasted, they're good. No, oh, I'll have to try that. <clears throat> and leeks. Got leeks coming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so this is uh, garlic planting time. Getting close. And it seems like I just harvested them, like last week. Right. I got tons. Harvested them in uh, August, not, probably. Yeah, I'm not going to plant as many this year. I dug up all mine in the spring. They were puny. They were stupid. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start over this year with okay. elephant garlic so that if they're, if they're golf ball size, yeah. elephant garlic, they'll still uh, look big. Uh, oddly, I must have planted six or seven varieties of garlic, and one of the ones that didn't do well at all was elephant garlic. Really? Yeah. Uh, puny little things. I planted shallots this year. They did well. Yeah. I don't know why I planted them. I won't plant them again. We hardly ever use shallots. But They're just onions. I know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. So garlic and onions next year. All the kohlrabi's gone. I harvested all the onions, big yellow onions. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're not the big ones they get in the store. That's a different variety. Okay. But they're a little flatter and not as big. Are you still eating shishito peppers? Yeah, I am. Uh, shishito peppers are still producing shishito peppers. Quickly, too. Yeah, they are. They're in the grocery <coughs> stores now. Not the one last time I checked. Oh, really? Any. Yeah. Now, we even had some at Nick's. <coughs> one hmm. of my favorite peppers ever. What, but what you have to cook them. You have to, you have to roast them. Yeah, you not as Grill well. them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise, they're just, <coughs> like, green. I don't even think they taste good just green off the I vine. Did, I've did. tried it. I, I wasn't yeah. impressed. But, I'm boy, once you... Once you <coughs> Yep. Throw them on the grill with some olive oil and, yep. and some sea salt on them. Yeah. Ugh. Or you can just fry them up in an iron pan. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Same, same way. A little bit of oil and uh, salt them. and They're like snacks. They are. They're, they're really great. good. They're a great appetizer while you, the rest of your meal is cooking on the grill because yeah. it only takes a couple of minutes on the grill. Yeah. And they're ready to go. But so uh, what else? What else? What else? <clears throat> huh? Oh, I wrote down a couple of things I... I was just looking around the garden and thinking, what's blooming now? That um, <clears throat> and, and this gives some advice to people who have uh, perennial beds. And if there's nothing blooming now, that means you must have bought all your plants in the spring when they were in bloom. Mm-hmm. And that's when they bloom. Well, this time of year, they're not blooming. So you have to supplement with other plants. And I've been impressed this year, flocks, the tall flocks. Yeah. It's been blooming for weeks, now yeah. going into months. It's a good plant. I just and it spreads, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. Yeah, not badly. And they uh, are prone to mildew. They are. I mean, so be careful where you site them. You want them in full sun with yeah. good air circulation. And and then you'll still get mildew, <laughs> even well, on the ones that said no, you're not getting mildew. Well, I you'll you get know, I grow David. Yeah, I do too. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's I, a good white one. I very seldom see any mildew yeah. on that. Um, but I think all the rest of them do have are getting mildew, which is okay. Because, you know, they're starting to, starting to not die down, but they're starting to, to fade out now. And they want to get mildew, that's fine. 
It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And Plumbago, this is the time of year from Plumbago. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, cover. it's going crazy. Man, what and a good fall blue anemones. flower. Mm, mm, mm. That's a good ground cover. And fall anemones, yep. uh, both the white and the pink, those yep. are doing really well right now. And, of course, now. asters. Yeah. And there's tons of asters out there. I like monk. That's a good one. Yeah. M-O-N-C-H. Yeah. It's pronounced monk. 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 <laughs> you got to get the ah <laughs> in at the end there. Uh, what else is going on? Seven oh. Suns Tree is blooming now. Yes, it is. And so is uh, a lot of, so are a lot of the Rudbeckias. Uh, Rudbeckias. Rudbeckias. Yeah. yeah. Um, Goldsturm is, yeah, is the standard. Annual ones, perennial ones, tall ones, short ones, big flowered ones, yep. red ones, yellow and brown, brown-eyed Susan, black-eyed Susan, whatever mm-hmm. you call them. Yeah. Good time of year for them. And no my, doubt. My... Um, <coughs> Echinacea. Yeah. Purple coneflower. Mm-hmm, although mm-hmm. it's not just purple anymore. No. Uh, Echinacea is still blooming well, which shocks me. And lavender is going crazy. Yeah, it is. And mm-hmm. something else I have never seen do so well this year, mostly because I probably actually watered it this time. <laughs> I harvested rhubarb. Mm-hmm. Usually that tails out at the end of the summer and that's oh okay it gets pithy and yeah hard and so i harvested a bunch and cooked it up perfectly fine yeah giving it away (laughs) and there's still more to harvest what about courgettes we have a yellow crook neck courgette (laughs) (laughs) i call them that because i have a tendency to want to watch this uh uh, BBC show, this English show called yeah. Gardener's World with Monty Don. Monty. Monty Don. <coughs> anyway, they, they don't call them zucchinis no, or squash. They call <coughs> them courgettes. courgettes. Yeah, which has got to be a French term. Yeah, anyway, uh, our, our two plants, which I've determined finally after having, <coughs> you know, I did what, what the instructions say. You plant four or five seeds in a mound and you get four or five plants. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they all come up, always. And then you have four or five times as many as you need. Right. Okay. And there's too much competition when you have that many yeah. plants that and close together. So we planted, I learned my lesson after 60 years of growing them. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm, I'm just, we just planted two this year. Uh-huh. It was, it was two too many. <laughs> One is more than sufficient. Yep. And now, and this was a note I was going to make for all the other gardeners out there who are growing courgettes of any type, Mm -hmm. cucumbers, pumpkins. Their plants are probably starting to turn white now. Yes. That's mildew. Can you do anything about it? Uh, You can. Um, I think both Keith and I agree that, hey, it's the middle of September. Right. We literally could have a frost next week. Any minute. Yeah, any minute now. (laughs) (laughs) And what's the point? Exactly. Trying to control it. Right. You know, they're, they're on their last legs anyway. And our crookneck squashes, you can tell, they, they grow differently at the end of the season. Yes, they do. And uh, so we're going to get the last few I think few the cold them. nights are, you know, the yeah, very cool nights are starting to bother them. Yeah. But you'll also see mildew in the flower beds, and we'll talk about that when we get back yeah. from break. And the break we're going to take, and we'll be back right after this on Legends 810. Asters and Mums, and of course the beautiful Black-Eyed Susans, are the name of the game now. And what a great selection Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue in Littleton has in stock. 
These great additions lend some fresh color to your pots, giving them the oomph to look their best through the remainder of the season. Jared's annual fall sale is now in progress, with all nursery stock, trees, and shrubs 40% off, with no guarantee. Enjoy fresh chili roasting on Saturdays and Sundays with the best chilies in town. We might be biased, but lots of our customers think so as well. Jared's 16th annual Giant Pumpkin Festival and Way Off will be held Saturday, September 25th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Giant pumpkins and great family fun with food vendors, bouncy castles, maze, and Galleria of Ghouls, always a hit. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden is a family-owned business serving you for 42 years on West Bulls Avenue in Littleton. September hours are 9 to 6 Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 Saturday and Sunday. We look forward to seeing you soon. Have you been waiting for that last application of fertilizer for the yard? Well, Fertilome has the solution for that. Fertilome Winterizer. Winterizer is the most important application of the entire year. Never skimp on this application. A number of years ago, Fertilome examined university studies of winterlizer formulas and created a special winterlizer for our area. This special formula is quickly and easily converted to stored food for your turf to help it make it through the unpredictable winter months. In the spring, a yard that has Fertilome winterlizer applied to it in the fall will be the fullest, darkest green yard on the block. You'll find Fertilome Winterlizer at your favorite independent garden retailer, including The Tree Farm in Longmont, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora. To find the closest Fertilome dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. That's www.fertilome.com. And be sure to tell them that the Garden Wise Guys sent you. And we are back taking your garden questions, and uh, we need a couple more people to give us a call. Yeah. yeah What's up with that? We're obviously just chatting among ourselves here, uh, between ourselves. No, I Sean's getting involved. So that makes it among ourselves. Okay. Yeah. More than two is among. Got to people get that wrong all the time. Well, and less and fewer, too. Yeah, that, too. Oh, my gosh. We yeah. could have a whole show on what people get wrong <laughs> we, there, we there, could. and there. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we had a little discussion when they had some visitors to the garden about healthy and unhealthy. I uh, know healthy and healthful. Healthful, okay. Healthful is a term that nobody uses anymore, and almost everybody uses it wrong. I mean, everybody. It's everywhere. Yeah. As if we don't know the difference. And the other one that's kind of bugging me is the difference between immigration and Emigration. Oh, yeah. Well, and guess what now? What? Irregardless <laughs> is in the dictionary. Well, everything's in the dictionary now. <laughs> that, remember it's you acceptable to say irregardless You used now. to play Scrabble, and, and, the, and the deciding factor was whether it was in the, in the dictionary yeah, or not. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Everything's in there. Everything's in there. Yeah. And if it's not, it will be. Oh, and supposedly. 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 <laughs> There's no B in supposedly. <laughs> It, it sounds better. <laughs> All right, who do we have on the you, line? If you say supposedly, you need to do it with a big smile on your face like you know you're saying it wrong. <laughs> All right, let's get back out to the phones. Sean, can you punch Judy up for us? Good morning, Judy. Good morning. How are you? Good. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Um, I have a tree question. Yeah. 
Um, I live out east on some acreage, and I have several trees this year that look half dead, half alive. What so kind of what, what kind of trees are we talking about? <clears throat> um, I'm not sure. <laughs> they're not evergreens, so they're, right. and I don't think they're elm or maples. But um, one's a cottonwood. Okay, you know that all right, and uh, just just um, a plethora of, of different trees out here. And uh, w- when you say they're not doing well, what it what are the what are the uh, symptoms? Well, um, half of them leafed out, uh-huh. and then you got a big section that looks dead. Has it been dead all so summer? Think- those, yes. those sections. Okay, they can yes. be cut. Those can be cut out then. Those dead branches. Okay, when when is the best time to uh, do that? Dead branches cut out any time you see them. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I mean, dead is dead. Yeah, except okay. that a lot of times in the spring and early summer, you don't quite know if they're really dead. But by now, if they haven't leafed out, they are really dead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, really, right. really Whoa. dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they... Okay, I will go make sure they are really, really dead. Okay, cool. What would cause that? Oh, oh any man. number of things. Uh, water is almost always an issue. I mean, a big issue. Yeah. And then those fall, that fall freeze and that spring freeze we had that was yeah. really at a bad time both times yeah, 2019, caused a lot we of trouble. Had, at the temperature, I remember these, it was 80 during the day, and that night it went down to 28, and then it went down further to 15 degrees. And, and it was at a time of year when the trees weren't even thinking about becoming yeah, dormant Not yet. even ready yet. So, and oh, okay. they responded by uh, death in the trees. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a process that trees have to go through to go dormant in the fall, to be ready for winter. And, and those processes take time. Yes. And slowly declining temperatures, not rapidly declining temperatures. Well, there's a reason there were no trees here before people well, moved that, in. That's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when is the best time to prune a tree if, if you want to shape it a little bit or... Or cut a few of the live branches off. Uh, the prob- best time to probably do that? late winter. So we're talking oh, okay. February, early yeah, March. February, March. Okay. And should you seal those cuts up with anything? No. Like, you know, no, nope, okay. just let them dry no. off naturally. Okay, great. Yeah, it has, okay. been, it has okay. been proven that all these pruning paints, I guess you call them, they actually cause more problems. Oh, okay. But no okay, one ever bothered great. looking into it. So now they yeah, have, cool. and they've decided that just just let them dry off naturally. Okay, great. Well, thank you for the uh, advice. Sure. You're welcome, Judy. Thanks for calling this morning. <clears throat> sure. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, water is such an important, such an important thing. I mean, thing. it's, it's a huge factor. Well, like we've talked about. You know, we get 12 inches here, we lose 47. <laughs> Did that what I said? Okay. Yeah, 40, 40, yeah. So that, that leaves yeah. us 35 inches of water Short. that you need to apply during the year to make up for what we lose yeah. if you want to grow the typical landscape. Yeah. Now, she mentioned one of those trees, which was a cottonwood. I'm going mm-hmm. to assume, without really knowing, that it was a plains cottonwood, the, one of our natives. Mm-hmm. That gets to be a really big tree. Yes. Now, natively... In nature, you'll find them growing only, only next to streams and rivers. 
And, well, we don't have any rivers here. <laughs> they call them rivers. <laughs> the South but, Platte. But come on. <laughs> Let's be <laughs> get real. <laughs> and their roots are in the water table at all times, 365 days a year. Now, you want to then plant that thing up on, a, on, a, on high ground. Top guess of a what? berm. <laughs> yeah, guess what? You now have to supply all that water. Yep. That's why they do so well along the irrigation ditches, too. That's right. That's the only reason the cottonwoods are along the irrigation ditches is That's because right. that water is there nine months out of the year. Right. And when they pull the water off, they, you know, they pull the irrigation ditch water off, that, water, uh, that ground is still pretty moist. Yeah. And it remains so for probably all of the winter, and then right. the water comes back in again. So that brings me to another point, and that is fall planting. And I get a lot of questions while I'm at Nick's. Is, is this a good, year to plant, a good time of year to plant? And my question is always, it's the second best time of year to plant trees and shrubs and flowers, that sort of thing, perennials, provided Mm -hmm. you are committed (coughs) to winter watering. Yes. Most people aren't, If you If you can't promise me that you're going to winter water, then I'm not selling you this plant. (laughs) You can't have it. (laughs) You can't have it. (laughs) And you can't make me. (laughs) So So what does winter watering mean? And that, that's usually the next question. Yeah. What do you mean by winter water? How often do I have to, how much do I have to give him? Yeah. Well, most people turn their irrigation systems off in October sometime. Yeah. So my standard response is for November through March, at least once a month, you're out there giving those newly planted plants a thorough soak. Yep. Not a cup of water. No. Not, you know, a, a quart of water, but gallons of water to thoroughly soak not only the planting hole but the soil around it yep and you can do that with your hose but <clears throat> most people get bored really fast yeah and <clears throat> the hose applies a lot of water really fast and you see that it starts running off fairly quickly you mm-hmm. think oh well i have water no water is running off it's not getting deep into the soil right so water with a sprinkler or water with a hose <clears throat> on a very low trickle and let it run for an hour. Yep. And do this when the soil's not frozen, because it won't soak in. But once a month, November through March, and that will that'll be that'll get you ninety percent of the way through making sure that that plant survives the yep. winter. Yep. If you don't do that, I, I guarantee you you're gonna have trouble. Yep. And should you be planting now and your irrigation is gonna be on for yet another month, no. That irrigation system is not enough to water that new plant in. Correct. You have to add supplemental water especially, to that. Especially bigger plants. Yep. You know, 5-gallon, 10-gallon, 15-gallon, big B&B stuff, you will have to supplemental water. A lot. Mm-hmm. So it is a good time to plant, but there are, <coughs> there are responsibilities that come with that. Yeah. Great responsibilities. It's my observation that after the first snow... People roll up their hoses, and that's it. They and, are done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And by the way, snow never counts. Um, snow <coughs> never counts as a water. <coughs> yeah, don't count on it. Ever. And then we had that big rain a couple weeks ago. Yep. I think in, in Centennial, near my house, we had an inch of rain in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Most of that went down the gutter. Yeah. 
water can't soak into the ground that no. fast. No. So it all runs off. So it didn't really do much for watering things. This is why we have flooding in other parts of the <laughs> yeah. country. Yeah. <laughs> water runs off faster than it can than the ground can absorb it. Well, let's get out there and talk to JT before we get to the top <clears throat> of the hour. Good morning, JT. Good morning. What's going on with your bad self? Well, I've got a bone to pick with you, Keith. What's that? I'm stepping out of the room now. Two two weeks ago, you said that the Japanese beetles were were on the wane. Yeah. Okay. Well, two weeks ago I was getting over a hundred, <clears throat> but yesterday I got and still got twenty five that I had to teach how to swim. <laughs> so, uh, I read that uh, as seventy five percent reduction. Wonderful. I'd like a hundred percent reduction. Well, waning doesn't mean none. Yeah, I understand. Okay. I haven't seen a Japanese beetle for a couple of weeks now. That's what I'm. Why I'm angry with you is because we don't <laughs> live too far apart. And I want to know why they're all coming over to my yard. Because well, I have a sign in, in my yard that says "Go to JT's." Yeah. Thank yeah. You so J- much. JT, what kind of plants are they on? Rose bushes. Yeah. Uh, raspberry bushes, clematis. Uh, you name it, they're probably out there somewhere. Huh. They're particularly like yellow rose roses. Mm-hmm. And they're just, at any rate, I want to, I had forgotten the name of the grub killer that I'm supposed to put down on the lawn now to get rid of them for next year. Well, if you want to go the organic route, then you would go with grub gone. Uh-huh. It's not grub be gone, it's just grub gone. And if you want to go with the synthetic route, then, you know, Bayer and Fertilome, um, Bonide, they all produce excellent grub, you know, chemical grub <coughs> killers that work very, very well. Okay. So it just depends on which route you want to go. The grub gone is going to be probably two to three times more expensive than the chemical route. Right, right. Well, I... <coughs> What I want to know is what's the most effective. <laughs> really don't care. The, the chemical route, that, that's going to be your most effective. But make sure it's a grub killer, not just a lawn insect killer, because some of those aren't designed to go down into the soil profile where the grubs are. Uh, very good. Okay. All righty. And if they come up next spring, you're going to hear from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, right. ne- you need to treat the entire neighborhood. <clears throat> JT. Right, yes, sir. So buy, you know, like 150 bags and just drop them off on the front porch of each of your neighbors. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> <laughs> With a spreader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> and aside from that, is it time to put down the winterizer on the lawn? Is it winter yet? Well, the, the bigger question is when was the last time you fertilized? <clears throat> uh. That water stuff uh, about six weeks ago. Yeah, so you can put down, it, you can put down uh, an application of fertilizer now, and then in late mid to late October you can put down your winterizer, or you can put two applications of winterizer down, one now and one in October. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank Thanks, you JT. Bye. Take care. You too. And that music indicates we have to take a short break, uh, probably the shortest one on record. We'll be back quickly with your questions right here on Legends 810.